New on Curiosity Stream. Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Kim Kardashian. Tycoons are in many ways the lifeblood of society. They are willing to put everything out there. They're willing to lose everything. See how the super elite use their money and power to shape our lives on Tycoons. Plus, from Japan's unbreakable super code to the algorithm mining your Bitcoin, we're breaking down the world's most famous encryptions on cracking the code. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. All right, here we go. <laughs> Please subscribe to the channel. Please. Hey guys, YouTube's got an algorithm and it really, really help us out a lot. If you could like, comment and subscribe, this is how we can get more information out to more people and uh, share the message of Toronto real estate. In Thanks. that order, like, comment, subscribe and hit the damn bell. freaking sponsored like a nascar event with all these with all these logos everywhere a lot of logos but if we're gonna have so many logos maybe we should try and get some other people's logos yeah have... well we're looking for sponsors i mean i'm putting that out there and yes, uh, are. you know if somebody's looking to get exposure to millions basically billions billions of people of people who uh you know would want to hire them for their services I think Under that's context. Matt's got that, some. Oh, pass the passcode. Passcode. Mm. Yeah, let me send him the passcode. You have the it? passcodes. Like you've been really encrypting the passcodes lately. Like it's. He's got it. He's you, got it. It has nothing yeah. to do with me. It just the calendar makes it. Yeah, it's like capital letter, small letter, number, like that. That that like it. Just this make it like, like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five, six. Daryl, who's trying? Who's trying to break into our Zoom meetings? Do I get to pick the passwords? Is there is there a way? In my Zoom account. Yeah, but, but you have all of them set at the same one. No, I don't. Hello. Hello. Matt, what's How's going on? Going? Nice Welcome. He's, he's, awesome. got the, he's got the headphones on and everything. Well, I Look was watching this. some shows. I see this is how you do it. So I had to. You know, yep. That's High level stuff. That's right. Awesome. You know, we're rolling right away. We go right into it. So no problem. we're recording. That's fine. Yeah. Let me get a cool background going so I can I can partake in that whole. Did you going to tele teleport you into the studio? Yeah. I like it. Can I set my own? Can I do my own? I'm throwing a, sh a shameless plug in here. See? Oh, that's here we go. Oh, there, that's good. Touche. <laughs> that's good. Touche. I like it. I like it. Custom built. So Matt, I'm going to do a so quick many intro, questions. Intro for you here, okay? So oh. Matt Jackowitz, uh, owner of Four Seasons Sunrooms. Um, he has, uh, been in the four season sunroom business now for well over a decade. Um, he basically runs the town when it comes to adding more square footage on your personal residence throughout the GTA. Um, he's also a great hockey player. And, uh, today, is this your first podcast? Uh, my first podcast. Yeah, that would there be my go. first. Yeah. So we're popping Ooh. his podcast cherry. Give the term. I feel so fortunate i'll tell you i was a little nervous signing on i mean you guys got some views you guys have been doing this for a while and like this right is there. new to me i was like a little bit like oh, i don't know what to do i don't know what to say how's this gonna work you're, well, you're, the you're club. an expert today yeah join the club <laughs> we we feel the same way every every sunday yeah i like this it. Is so happy sunday no, it's a good look, it's a good look. i'm glad you guys are doing this 
So what welcome. do you got on the go right now? What, what do you got on the go right now? You got some projects right now you're working on? Uh, yeah, we've never, we've never been busier. Needless to say, COVID's been good for our industry. Um, you know, people staying home, wanting to improve their homes, additional living space, something that's maybe different and unique uh, is, is helpful, which is kind of what we offer. Um, so we've never been busier. The biggest challenge is, is having enough people to, to do the work. And that's where our biggest struggles are, I think, right now is just catching up with all the backlog that we have and, and you know, the skill that's required to install some of our things. Um, training somebody new is a long journey. And uh, mm. having a lack of people interested in the trades is definitely hurting the industry, I think, across the mm. board. I think everybody's feeling that, not just us. Yeah, that's, I mean, you can just look behind you, right? In this background you've got, it's not just a bunch of two by fours and drywall where if you make a mistake, you can just cover it up later on and, and you know, make up for it, mm -hmm. right? It's no, very precise. No, it's, it has to be very precise. Yeah, one inch off at the bottom, you're three inches off at the top, and then the glass doesn't fit. And, uh, you know, there's no, there's no opportunity to shave or trim the glass. That's it. You're stuck. So yeah, it has yeah, to that be looks done. familiar. That looks familiar. Yeah, that's the yeah, same room, just different same angle. Room. Yeah. So that's actually in Whitby. That's nice. over in the, in, in the Todd area there. Um, yep. that, that one's in Mississauga. So let me so, ask uh, you a question. Is, I don't even know who would have the answer. You would pray. Does this count as square footage now? uh absolutely yep. above grade yep. square footage it yep. does yep as long as it's heated hold on yep. that was my next question is this heated well that's something i'd actually like to understand a little bit more and i don't know if i know that right answer because i've heard mixed perspectives on it so whether it's heated or unheated my understanding is it still adds to the square footage of the home from a tax perspective you know what um, <clears throat> you're right you're absolutely right so it like the this looks like board, it's part of the house, right? The That's Canadian Real Estate Association, yep. everybody's got their own opinion on square footage, MPAC and all that kind of stuff. So there's definitely, there's definitely, a, 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 it's a gray line where, you know, if you go and build a little lean to on the side of your house and put some plastic curtains on it and you're like, look, I just added a hundred square feet to my house. No one's going to accept that. Right. Yeah. But yeah. if you do something really epic and just because it's not heat got its own heat and it's obviously sharing off the main space no one's gonna say oh you know that doesn't count as square footage yeah right? absolutely i think there's definitely a difference between like a seasonal space and something that is truly a year-round addition to your home like this yeah. one when you're in right now live inside currently this one is part of the house right correct so like okay. that has Beautiful. to be heated yeah it's amazing so yeah. these are like thermal windows, keep like they're fully insulated, triple pane, double pane. Uh, Talk about glass. Yeah, typically double pane. Uh, triple pane okay. is 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 starting to, uh, I think, become more normal slowly. And as they move to net zero, eventually that will become the standard. The challenge for us is one: the cost is going to be huge increases to go to triple glazed. But, but also the labor, you know, to get a triple pane piece of glass up to the roof. And in this case, what's behind me is a second story application. So that was done over a walk basement kind of extension. And uh, oh, shoot. so to get a, you know, a triple pane piece of glass all the way and in, install it into the ceiling is extremely labor intensive to do that and going to be a lot harder than a double glazed piece of glass. Or and what's the efficiency? What, yeah. And what's the efficiency advantage? Like how much really? Um, you might, be, you, might huge. Be, you might be able to double your R value potentially. Yeah, um, man. Like imagine yeah. in the summer, 
how much extra air conditioning that space needs to keep up with the rest of the house, right? Ah, uh, well, here we go. So now let's get into glass. Okay. Uh, so not all glass is created equal, uh, right? So yeah, if you use the wrong kind of glass or your typical window glass, say low E energy efficient glass to build a glass room, you know, you might find that it's not as comfortable as you'd like it to be in the summer or in the winter. It's really not been designed for a glass room, right? So what Four Seasons has done is partnered with Cardinal. Cardinal is one of North America's largest glass manufacturers. And, and I don't know if this still happens, but there was a point where literally they just sh shut down every Tuesday and just made Four Seasons glass. Like that's how much buying power Four Seasons has when it comes to glazing. Um, and so the glass that's, that's in these rooms is specifically designed for a glass room to make it as efficient as possible in the summer and in the winter throughout North America. Yeah, like okay. this, but Ow. what you're in right now, like when I thought, when I think of sunrooms, that ain't it, man. Like when I think of sunrooms, it's like one of those, you know, like your, cheap, your gram, yeah, yeah, like this is unbelievable. I went. It's on, like an atrium. A, not an eight. It's like, well, I don't this know, is, it's an outdoor, indoor, like unbelievable living space. Like imagine having that. That's that's unreal. Imagine eating breakfast in there every day. That'd be well, sweet. It, it's it's technically a conservatory or a solarium. Conservatory, if you want to yeah. Um, yeah. So sunrooms, sunrooms typically have like a solid roof of some sort, lots of windows with, with a lot of light. They can How much be seasonal. How much is something uh, like that there? <laughs> that's a loaded question. He can, he can, no, that one one there. He can give you a quote. If, if I, I had that exact, if I wanted to make that exact space, what would it cost me right now? So, so that's a, that's a good question because I'll tell you that exact room on your home might be a different price than right, it was right. on this home. And the reason for that is every construction project is different because every home is different. So sure, the type sure. of foundations that we put in, the way we have to connect it to the home is maybe different. Say if it's a brick veneer home versus a siding home or a stucco yeah. home. So there's what's little the, differences that could impact the cost of something. Yeah. So what's like my cheapest way of getting that added onto my house? Um, so that's a that's also a lot of question. Are we talking six, like two hundred thousand, a hundred thousand, fifty thousand? I some I'd kind say, of range. So 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 that that's a multi level question with multi level answers. And let me just explain. So the last eight months have been very interesting because the cost increases that we've received from suppliers and 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 just just on materials alone have significantly increased. Yeah. To nothing that I've seen in the past. And no, crazy about, levels. You know, on standard building materials like your 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 aluminum sidings, your your aluminum fascia products, and and just some of those parts and components from some of the your typical suppliers that everybody gets supplies from, they've had like ten increases this year alone. Yeah. In the last eight months, and so like we, I think I just received an email uh, last night with another increase coming from the same supplier, and well, so. All I'm trying to do, I'm not trying to put you on the spot by giving me a price. I'm trying to figure out like how this adds value to a house. So for example, if I was going to put on this space, you know, am I better off putting it with one of these sunrooms or am I better off building it traditionally for, for the increase of maybe price or a decrease in price? I don't know, but I imagine TK being able to put a conservatory like this on a listing would be a little more impressive than just, you know, like another family room. It's just a family room. right? Yeah. And, and so let, let me try to answer it this way. Maybe 
you know, glass is one of the more expensive materials that you can put on a home. So typically a glass structure would be more expensive than your traditional type of addition. What it gives you is a completely different viewpoint and a perspective, uh, yeah. a different, uh, a different wow factor that maybe you don't get with a traditional type of addition. I love yeah. looking at the background that you've got right now. Look at this. Me too. But yeah, I, I mean, you can't do this in like a subdivision. Not most um, of them, anyways. Like, it, like it, when you when you have a hundred foot lot, yeah. But this yeah, is for when you have a view like this. I mean, this is. You, you know what? I'd I'd say that's subjective also because it depends on where you're building. I find right. that so there's a conservation, or I believe what used to be a conservation or deemed conservation behind this property. So we actually built uh, three doors over about three years later, and we didn't have to go through the conservation process. Uh, that we did for this project. So, so the rules change and the rules are different. But what I found is that, you know, in a perfect setting, like in a conservation area, the rules are a li little bit tighter and you can typically do less. So it might actually be harder to get approval in a conservation area where oh, yeah, these rooms are, are like, this is like the perfect setting for this. But sometimes it's just a really uphill battle to get approval. Um, TRCA and, and some of those conservation areas are, are very particular in, in what they want they're a nightmare builder. yeah they're yeah. a fucking nightmare <laughs> i don't want to go there because if i yeah. could you know if i could speak my mind it might there might be some explicit flying out of my mouth here. we have such audience there's a good chance are... that a member of the trca boards is listening right now That's so we right. gotta chill we yeah. love you trca approve our projects just, yeah no, make it easier please <laughs> We're not um, allowed so just to say quickly, five. quickly about the glass, so then I can move on so that all these little areas in my head are, are going to be answered. The oh, glass, oh, the difference yes. is the obviously the thermal, like the R value, right? So that's so, that's one. Yeah, and so one thing to to take note is, you know, when building departments look at the glass, they don't typically look at R value. They look at U value, which is the the inverse or the reverse of R value, I believe. So it's the U values, or some of the percentage in the codes that are on the glass that are important. Is that and reflecting UV light? Is that what it is? Or what is pretty it? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. So how so much, how much light heat, it reflects? Yeah. And then how much heat is absorbed through the glass, et cetera. So, so, um, uh, so in the winter time, you want to be absorbing heat from the sun. And in the summertime, you want to be reflecting the, the heat away. Correct. And so you have to find a balance so that obviously it has benefits during both extreme weathers. Correct. Okay, so the so that's the, that's the value. The U value it, is, is a higher end glass will have a higher U value rating. Correct. Correct. Which means that it's making it a lot better all year round as opposed to just keeping in um keeping in or out the heat, whatever. Correct. And 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 with that in mind, it will have an R value uh, that way as well, right? So yeah. the, the glass that four seasons uses has specific coatings that reflect heat and UV. Yeah. And they have different properties for the roof and for the walls. Because yeah. the sun is lower in the horizon in the winter, the walls are actually designed to allow some of that warmth to come through. Yeah. Where again in the summertime it's the reverse, the sun is more intense, it's higher in the sky, and that's where that roof is more reflective. Okay, perfect. I put a film on uh, the front window that I have because um, we wanted it to reflect and UV and all that kind of stuff, and it worked really, really well. Yep, yep. It didn't those, affect those... my view, but yep. it I, I, it was a noticeable difference in the glare from outside. So that you know, it's kind of a mirror, not a mirror finish, but you know, you can't see inside, and um, the heat coming in. In the summertime, it doesn't get as hot anymore in that uh, bay window. Yep, those three M filters are, are really good for for stuff like that as an after the fact. Yeah. Um, 
that but you your glasses just... the obvious it's 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 included in that right so it's... yeah and it comes like that from the factory it's got a great warranty great uh guarantee against seal failures and breakage so there's 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 definitely value in doing a solarium the right way yeah with the right glass yeah and glass. So now I'm a real estate agent. I've seen the 1970s solariums and sunrooms with the glass and the, the foam seals all wavy. And you sure. look at it and you go, oh my God, that's crazy. I, like That's going to cost a fortune. You might as well just rip the whole entire thing down and build new. Yeah, what have they done yeah. to solve that? Um, well, so that wavy stuff that you're probably seeing is something called heat mirror. Heat mirror is a glass that that is a performance glazing and used a lot in condos and some of these, um, you know, custom higher end type of solarium approaches. Um, the landscape actually changed about two years ago. The company that was making them in Mississauga went under. Uh, the owner ended up passing away and then there was no succession plan for the company. So I don't know what happened with it, but I believe it folded. And they were one of three manufacturers in North America that made heat mirror glazing. Um, so I don't know who does it now, except for one place in uh, Aspen, I believe in Colorado, somewhere in Colorado that they make it. Um, but that glass isn't widely used, not really something that most people would typically use today. So you wouldn't really see those types of seal failures happening like in the future, because there's not a lot of people putting that glass in. It was great at performance, but the longevity of that glass wasn't great. And that's something that Four Seasons actually did use prior in the past, about 20 plus years ago. Um, but when they went to this new technology, that, that all that kind of went away. Okay. All right. So it sounds like the glass is going to be a better product now today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And actually they're making some tweaks uh, to their product offering. And we're talking about doubling the lifetime of their warranty. So it used to be a 20 year, 100% coverage against seal failures and breakage. Uh, and actually as of, I believe this year, it's 40 years. Because that's important. I think the number one concern of people building with glass is that, yeah. right? Everything yeah. else, it's like, you know, I know that that wall with the brick and the drywall and everything is going to st stand the test of time. But that glass, how long is that glass going to last? And that's, I guess, the concerns that the industry's had and you guys have solved it. Well, the glass yeah, industry Yeah, absolutely. Solved it. And everything has a lifespan. So, you know, at some point, the glass might fail, the seal might fail. Um, that is covered under the Four Seasons warranty in this case. But typically the structure is intact. So all you have to do is replace the glazing. It'll last longer than the, the, the person who's paying for it. Typically. That's the main yeah. thing. I just want yep. things to last longer than me. That's it. Yeah, that's right. Right? That's it. Well, um, at, okay. your, at, at your rate with all the jujitsu you're doing, I mean, you know. It's pretty much everything will last longer than me. <laughs> it's right. not, uh, and it's not affected by the chip shortage. Which is no. Wonderful, uh, wonderful industry no. to be in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what about approvals then? So approval, we talk, it's a Toronto real estate show. So people are building, people are getting additions done. People are new construction, all that kind of stuff. How has that changed recently? What's the status on getting jobs? Approved? You need the same approval as you would a normal addition for something like this. Yeah, absolutely. So this is just like building a regular addition and it's, it's considered, you know, an extension of the home. So the same rules apply. And the biggest challenge because you're expanding the footprint of the home is to make sure that you comply with whatever bylaws are in that area or in that municipality and Toronto. Let me just, let me just be clear. Are we talking about just Toronto or are we talking about say the outskirts of Toronto or the GTA? So there's different rules, right? Toronto itself as a municipality has a different rule than say Markham or Durham or Pickering or, or, or Ajax. So their bylaws are actually more complicated than some of the other uh, outskirt areas. Um, 
the, the best thing to do in Toronto, in my opinion, would be to build to without create... a permit. <laughs> That's the easiest thing to do. I mean, definitely not. That's the best thing to do. Just just put the sucker up and hope your neighbors don't say anything. You're in the backyard with a ravine. <laughs> Who's going to notice? You'd be surprised how many people have actually done that over the course of the years because we see so many homeowners and we see so many things that people have done on their homes. Yeah. And it's mind boggling what people do get you know, away the contractors with. to park down the street, get a wheelbarrow and wheel it down there so that nobody knows that they're outside working on your house for the next nine months. No, Correct. no, no. Correct. Yeah. If I only it was that easy. Yeah. All right. I don't, right. I don't recommend that. It's always better to go the legal way to do it, the right way to do it. It can be a little bit more time consuming, a little bit more painful in some cases because it can be a process and daunting. Yeah. Um, but so again, you know, Toronto has different rules. Markham has different rules. Vaughn has different rules. So that can be confusing depending on where you're building, right? Mm -hmm. um, what's required is a building permit for the structural aspect of what you're building. But in order to obtain a building permit, you need to comply with zoning rules and bylaws. So things like, do, you know, am I allowed to cover this much of my lot? Am I allowed to be this close to my side or rear property line? Right. Um, yep. And, and, and Toronto heights. has other things yeah. like heights and, and mm -hmm. length of dwelling and, and yep. gross floor area and landscape percentages and, and these kind of things. And, and if you're over, or if you're in, you know, uh, I wouldn't say it's violation of the bylaw, but if you're over, say, those percentages that you're allowed, you'd get into what's called a committee of adjustment or a minor variance type of application. So that's really seeking relief of the bylaw. Are you those know, still on YouTube and, and online and all that now? Uh, I yeah, I believe everything they is virtual. They haven't gone back to, which is you know, amazing. Daryl? Um, yeah. Daryl does development. What, what do you, what do you think about an online committee of adjustment meeting? Is that not the best for developers? I had an online pre consultation meeting and it seemed like it was a pretty efficient use of time. I mean, right. The, the, the city workers did not necessarily fully understand how to use the system at that point in time, uh -huh. which they may have figured out by now. Although, when I when I see my son's online school, you you would be shocked at how they have no idea what they're doing. But anyways, I mean, all it is is a Zoom call, right? Yeah, yeah. I actually it, it's definitely more efficient, you could say. You don't uh, have to drive there, wait there correct. for your turn. It's like it's your turn. Everybody's there. Nobody has to go like you know get caught in traffic, find parking. There's not there's one issue though. There's one issue. It makes it easy for the neighbors to show up and complain. Right. So much does, easier. Yeah. That makes it easier for them to just come and like, you know, I heard there was a zoom meeting tonight. Yeah. What are they building? <laughs> yeah. yeah I, no, I'll I don't like that. that. I don't, that's, that doesn't suit the neighborhood. I don't think that'll be good for the neighborhood. Like, do you, sir, do get, you live in the neighborhood? Yeah. Let's get on. Oh. What's that code? What's that code norm? Let's get on there and block these goddamn developers <laughs> fucking up our sight lines. Right. Fucking up my you. shade. Fucking up my sunroom view. <laughs> motherfuckers. That's right. That's right. Merle, you just built the sunroom last year, but yeah, I should be the only one out there enjoying the outdoors. Yep, We're here yep. to vote for all of those with sunrooms against <laughs> the development of this ridiculous mid-rise building. Uh, so that's a, that's, we don't get, we don't get that much backlash, but we get some. No, we get some. No. But but it's, but it's I, just I, one of those things. I'll, I'll tell you though, 
I preferred them in person, actually, um, especially when they're more complicated, when they're difficult applications or you have a lot of variances or, or maybe there's, there's not a clear cut and dry, say, approval of a, in of a person, project. You had to wait there the whole day for your turn. They didn't give you a time. They gave you a day. So if you were the last guy, you had to watch like the stupidest. Yeah. It's entertaining. I'll tell you. It's entertaining, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's so a whole fun day. to watch the stupid ones. Like <laughs> they're on YouTube day. now. You can just you can just listen to them. It's on yeah, YouTube. That's true. It's great I mean, though. It, it's like it's like when you go for a parking ticket and you're last. You actually gain you you gain an edge because you hear all the idiots and what they excuses. fuck up, yeah. and you hear what the judge is like willing to like you know what he's okay with, and you go up yeah. there yourself. You go, you know. I'm okay with the red light. I ran it, but like, I'll give you four bucks and I'll spread it over 18 months. Is that okay? Boom. (laughs) We're good. Let's go. (laughs) That's it. That's the planning. That's right. That's right. In person though, what I would like about in person is that I get to use more of like a, you know, like a charm, right? Like I get to talk face to face, look them in the eyes, show them I'm serious, show them that I'm not trying to like skirt it's the more system. personable. I'm I'm really trying to be like accommodating here for everybody. And I and I could communicate that better in person. Correct. You online. can engage in a better conversation. You yeah. you could it, it, it's just more personable that way. And even with obtaining building permits, you know, uh, Toronto has moved online for a few years now in terms of submission for building permits. But before COVID, you were able to walk into a municipality and go ask a question of a planner or an examiner. Wrong. And yeah. it was very easy to and do that. And get the now, wrong information in person. It was sure, great. Sure. It was perfect. Sure. And then all of a sudden, it's like, I, I, love just, that. I spoke to Mark last week. Who, who's Mark? That's the, right. The guy no with the goatee. <laughs> Who? Who? Mark, yeah. the guy with the goatee. He was here. The janitor? You spoke to the janitor? What's wrong with you? He told me yeah. I could do it, though. Yeah, yeah. I think it's better now. You do a great presentation. You have all kinds of information at your fingertips. People can draw on stuff and be creative together. I don't remember that level of creativity and information at a at a live event. If you didn't have something with you, you're screwed. I'll I'll tell you what though. I had a committee of adjustment that was about six months in the making because we were waiting so long for that date, and this was uh, last year actually. So at like the peak of COVID, and. they didn't realize or whoever set up the, the, the web link didn't realize that I was the speaker. And so when it came my turn to speak, which was about two hours into the meeting, they were looking for somebody else. And because I was there muted and I wasn't allowed to talk, if you've ever seen the movie Get Out where he falls into the, that, that dark void and he can't speak to anybody, that's kind of how I felt. So for about 20 minutes, they were looking for the speaker for this application and there was nobody around and I'm sitting there trying to wave and like, find me, find me. And like, I can't even talk. Yeah, and so yeah. that part is really frustrating. Anybody hear me? Get the tech wrong. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. So there's, there's a few hiccups that will, that will obviously come up. Um, yeah. But as far as the average ab- application, I think that if it's pretty clear cut, the online committee, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely made it more effective and efficient for sure. What about LPAT? Have you had to go to LPAT for anything? Uh, unfortunately we have, it's not something that I enjoy. Uh, we've gone, I think five times over the course of the 12 years that I've been doing this or 13 years now. Um, OMB you went to before. Yeah. So it was about- OMB and then LPAT or T-Lab in Toronto. Okay. Um, and T-Lab's we, residential. Guess, yeah. Yeah. I guess we've gone to all three of them if that's the case, or if there's some differences there. Um, yeah. that is a much more involved process, especially after 
it change from OMB to, to, to L lab or T lab. Um, just cause you got a bribe with the guys who are on the council. Like, is it, well, no, I mean, it, it all depends again on what you're seeking approval for and who is appealing the decision. Cause really that's what it is. So if you get denied a committee of adjustment, you can appeal that decision and take it to a higher body, which is the L lab or T lab. And at that stage, let's just say the municipality was totally against your application. They might defend their position. And when they defend their position, they're going to bring an expert planner and they're going to bring a lawyer to defend because this is a legal process. So in order to have a good defense or an argument, you might want to have a lawyer and a planner present. The costs of a lawyer and a planner can be very expensive. And so for an addition, we were talking about what the cost of certain projects are. You know, let's just say a typical addition is $100,000. To spend fifteen dollars or $20,000 for a planner and a lawyer with no guarantee of approval is a, is a difficult pill to swallow, I think, for a lot of homeowners. Because, you know, planner might want $10,000 to do an OMB application. A lawyer might want $5,000 to do that application with no guarantee of approval of course what's your percentage like wins when you have to appeal it so we actually went and we represented the homeowners ourselves without any Hold on, legal representation. A, a, a more fair question would be like on a reasonable ask right because like some people will go in for something that like there's no way in hell anybody on the team thinks is ever gonna happen and you can't really count that against you know the contractor good point good point rephrase the question how many ones that you thought you should win did you win? Uh, well, the five times that we went to that process, uh, we lost one. We lost one. So we were four out of five. That's pretty good. Now, pretty good. uphill yeah. battles, completely stressful, extremely time-consuming, not something that I, that I would want to go through that. again. Yeah, <laughs> should have been, should have been. And it was the strangest thing. We were just enclosing a back porch. That was The structure was already there. And the municipality was completely against it. And there was a whole long history to that area, to that development that happened in that neighborhood, which is why we got shut down. Uh, conservation involved? Nope. Nope. Had nothing to do with that. It just had everything Heritage, to do with... stupidity? No. So this was in Stouffville. The development or the neighborhood that was approved pushed limits. And because they pushed limits Already. and they approved... You know, the neighborhood was not happy with this development. So anything added to those homes is yeah. like a no-no. And in this case, again, we were just enclosing a back porch yeah. and uh, it got denied. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. yeah so, so understanding the rules of the property and the neighborhood are really important. And so doing some investigative work, I think, is a great step forward in terms of just trying to understand what someone's getting into. And so whenever we get a project, we try to do the very bare minimum from a planning and design perspective, which is just let's get a site plan together. We'll do some basic elevations of the concept that you want to build and let's take it to the city and do a zoning review. That zoning review basically tells us what variances we may not may or may not have, what other you know, regulatory bodies might be involved, conservation, site plan control, heritage or God knows what else. And, and there you can kind of know, okay, so do we have an uphill battle? Is this an easy application? Is the design right? Maybe do we have to adjust the design to avoid some of these approvals? So, so this is all the planning and, and construction and 
um, you know, obviously like luxury lifestyle and, and things like that too. Now you're, you're a real estate investor. So you have a good understanding of like why I'm buying real estate. It's going to end up being, you know, making sense for me at the end of the day for my pocketbook. Right. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So like, how do you look at these sunrooms, um, conservatories and any other additions that you guys do as far as the investment side goes towards people's properties? Uh, well, we might have a biased take on that. Um, you know, adding Thanks for admitting that. No but, problem. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, adding additional living space, I don't think hurts the resale value of a property. I think it definitely helps to what level and degree I think is subjective. I think it would be subjective based on the area, but also what you're actually adding, I think, is big. Because you can definitely overbuild for the neighborhood. And, and in that case, your investment might not go as far as it should. Or maybe you take that into consideration when people are talking to you. Like, do you guys say like, look, you, what you're building here, you're probably, you know, not going to get your money back. If you guys decide to sell down the road, do you maybe want to shrink it down or redesign or like, is that ever a factor? And how many people are concerned about that when they're talking to you about building these things? Um, you know what? That's a good question. I, I'll tell you, I've been out of the direct sales aspect of it now for a few years. So I'm not that involved with your day-to-day uh, -day client in terms of that. Um, so are they asking for that? Are they, do they have concerns about that? I believe they do. And look, putting, you know, a $250,000 conservatory on the back of your home might not go as far as, you know, doing it for a hundred grand, if you could, like, as an example, like, so like, depending on how much you dress up in addition with all the bells and whistles in floor heating, you know, that, that linear fireplace behind me is probably about $10,000 after it's all said and done, like yeah. with all the finishes the and, everything. and everything. So, yeah. so, so like, like little bells and whistles can really expand a project. And, and this is a lifestyle choice, right? That's the thing. This is a personal choice. I think if anybody is worried about what it's going to do to the resale value, they're probably not the best candidate for this because the next guy may not want this room, right? Mm -hmm. The next guy buying it may not see value in it may actually see the opposite of value in it, right? This is a detriment to the sale for some people. Right? That that could that could be possible, but it also could be the reverse, right? We like to look at these as like little gems because you don't see a conservatory on every property in every neighborhood. Sure. They're kind of just there in certain neighborhoods and certain areas on, you know, maybe one out of 25 homes maybe has a conservatory. So that could be a unique selling proposition when you're selling the home. If for that sure. Project, if for that sure. Is yeah. Home, I, I think, right. I don't think it'll ever hurt. Um, I think depends on, so I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. And I think it's a lifestyle. And if you're planning on doing this for like some sort of financial gain, like you're going to sell the house for more. Yeah. It's, not, yeah. it's not a product. That's not, it's not, not the thing. Yeah. yeah. And so but, when people have asked that, we've, we've always said, look, if you're doing this just to flip the home, this is probably yeah, not yeah. the right thing for you to do. But if you want to yeah. stay in here Change and live the in joy, yeah, yeah. If you want to live and enjoy in this space, then yeah, let's do it. Let's build you a great addition. Yeah, uh, but, but if you just 20, go in 20 years later when you're selling and yep. you spent, okay, obviously with inflation and the cost and everything, 20 years ago, you might have spent $70,000 on that project, right? Because of yep. cost of materials and sure. all that kind of stuff. Yep. And now you've enjoyed it for 20 years. You, you'll probably get your money back. You'll Absolutely. probably get a fifty dollars to $70,000 bump down Plus the road. Plus you got to use it for the last 20 Plus years. You got to use it. It. So someone spending two hundred grand today, 20 years later, when their house price is now $2.5 million, yeah. you probably could get 150 to 200 grand more for their house because of that addition. 
Absolutely. Being there because it's more square footage. It's nice. And people will obviously be able to change the flooring, change the stone, do things to it to modernize the house again, because 20 years later, it would be out of style. Absolutely. Has anybody ever flown through one of these things by accident, like playing football in the living room and Johnny goes through the sunroom? Not that I heard Have of. Have you ever had a service call saying, you know, there's blood everywhere, Johnny's cleaning out? What's the warranty thank, say about that? Thank nice God, pass, no. Nice pass, Scott, but Johnny's going to die. So no blood? Thank yeah. God, no, because all that glass is tempered safety glass. So it's not going to cut you. If it so breaks. if you smash into it, it just shatters into little pieces and you're, little pellets, and you're yeah. going, what That's the right. hell just happened? That's right. There was a guy um, passed away on a construction site a couple months ago from a big piece of glass that fell mm. from the crane. Right. Sure. I saw someone yeah. posting God. that the other day. Glass is dangerous. Yeah. yeah. It is kind of serious, there was. Serious. So on the, on the room that we're actually, that, that you're looking at in, in behind me, when we were building that project, thank guys, my guys were actually there. This was around 6.30, I believe, 6, 6 or 6.30, I believe, on a Friday or a Thursday. So they were just about packing up and going home. There was, landscaper worker, there was landscapers working on the property because there was like a pool going in and a cabana and stuff like that as well. And one of the gentlemen slipped off the two-step ladder and fell right onto a rebar that was sticking out of the, out of the ground. And thank, thank God my guys were there because they called the ambulance. There, there was a lot of blood then, and, and that gentleman... Thank God that the, the okay. ambulance came quickly. Yeah, he's okay, but it it did some damage. It did some damage. You think? So, oh my! Construction. <laughs> There's a reason, Matt, that you're working in the office. Okay. Oh <laughs> my right. God! There's a reason you have a labor shortage. Okay, guys, let's you know call a spade a spade here, right? It's yeah. a dangerous job working with your hands on projects. What did it? Is, what did it go through? I believe his spleen. Spleen. Yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. It was definitely a scary situation. My guys were calling freaking. Oh out. my yeah. god, that's horrible. Yeah. I, 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 when I was in construction, the worst thing that ever happened on any of my job sites is our laborer was closing the garage door, and it was like an old school wood one with like different you know panels, and he caught his finger in between, Ooh. and it was like an electric one. He couldn't open it, so he's Ooh. like sitting there on the phone with me going my fingers stuck i can't feel it there's blood everywhere I, somebody help me and i'm like on the other side of the city it was pretty crazy it's intense like when something bad goes wrong my my worst is uh we were 19 and we were doing a job in niagara falls and there was scaffolding and it's like six o'clock in the morning everyone was drinking the night before no sleep the guys walking with the um scaffolding on the wheels with all the metal piled up on top because it would extend up another two levels and two of them just slid off and just chopped off the two tops of his fingers Oh and, no. uh, you know, drove him to the hospital. And you know, oh. that was, that was the end of it. And it was like, oh. pretty sure that was like the last job I ever did. Yeah. <laughs> construction sure. is dangerous and safety yeah. is, you know, safety should be very important on every job site. And, and, yeah. you know, robots though, robots though. How could robots help however, Matt's however, business? Daryl, how could, ro how could robots help him? Are you, you kidding me? I would love Are you that. Kidding me? <laughs> yeah, explain I, it. Listen, right now we could have, I think, one robotic arm on site. One of those big, one of these guys. And it could just piece that whole thing together with, a, with some software. 
I mean, the foundation, I guess, would have to get built for it. You could piece that thing together, 3D print the foundation. I mean, there's a whole lot of ways. Uh, but uh, it probably isn't quite there yet for, for this application. That's for damn sure. Although I imagine you could prefabricate most of this and like crane it together on site. Can you? Uh, we've thought about that. And there are some companies that do prefab and crane panels uh, to the job site and then assemble there. Um, I think our biggest issue, again, these things have to be watertight. So if you're talking about, you know, craning in over a glass roof that's completely sealed, all that gotta, movement could cause some something. of the seals. You got to patent like a Tupperware where it just like. Yeah, that's right. I look, like look at what Japan, Korea, China, I'd see what they're doing, you know, and, and yeah. follow, follow their well, Europe, Europe. The, the future is yeah. not far away. And it's just a matter of time before some of those things do trickle down to, to, you know, residential home construction. So what uh, about solar panels being integrated into this? Is that happening? Is that a thing? Well, so interestingly, Four Seasons used to do a solar panel aspect to some of their sunrooms. This was like before my time. I remember looking through old brochures and catalogs where they did have mention of that but they weren't see-through panels. Now, with what Elon Musk has done with his solar tiles and some of the technology that's around the corner on glazing, on glass itself, I think that is definitely a, a, a future potential. And Imagine. something I would be so interested in that because I think that room could self-sustain uh, itself and okay, help for power. itself. A, go- a glass, right? A glass, Absolutely. see-through they glass. They have it, they that have also it. also a solar panel on the, on think- the conservatory. Yeah, no, they have like event. railings now that do it on the sides of buildings. They have yeah, yeah. clear but, glass. I don't know if it like has R value like you need. Yeah, but but for the U conservatory, that, that that application would be like self sustainable, right? Yep. You get guys yep. to come in and you say like, look, it's going to heat itself, it's going to power itself, it's going to pay for itself, it's going to transfer store power, whatever. Like that would oh, be yeah. an incentive to install yep. them, right? Ta- get a tax break on it. Yeah, it's just a matter of energy, get a power wall, feed energy into the system, make some money. Whoa, live off the grid. Look at this. What what about that new tax incentive that just uh, rolled its head around? You know, they just introduced it again. You get up to 5,000. You got windows changed, furnace changed, all that kind of stuff. Has there ever been government, provincial or federal incentives for these type of rooms? I wouldn't say for rooms that are new, like building a new room, but like you said before, uh, earlier in the, in, in the conversation, you know, those older rooms that need glass replaced, that would probably be uh, something that those homeowners should consider because I believe they still have to do an audit before to see what the energy efficiency of their home is. Yeah. You change the glass over, improve the efficiency of that room. And then that credit should apply. I believe we did that when they rolled that out, um, I think when they first rolled it out, that might have been like eight or ten years ago. They had a program like that. Yeah, no, star-rated stuff. I was yeah. a contractor when that happened. They were giving you money if you added a sump pump. They were giving you money if you added attic insulation, changed your windows, like all kinds of stuff. Where it was actually it made sense for people to do it, and the industry was crazy then. I mean, it's nuts now. I mean, can. Can they can, just add when, a new one again? When, yeah, when, I, when I can believe... you do one now, though? Like when can when's the next one you can you can sell for somebody? When when's your next installation date? Well, so for for us, we're about a year out, 
uh, a year out. You see this before we can break ground, and and in some break cases, ground. depending, yeah, before like in some cases we're like a year and a half, depending on the level of approval that we have to get or how long it takes us to get yeah. approval. So we, we have people that we have people that signed up with us last April, and I, you know, we just got their permit like last month because it's taken so long to go through the process through conservation or committee or, or whatever and it you, is. And you install this crap in the winter? We do. Oh, we do. it's the worst. Don't people tell my guys that. He's got, that. he's got a tough crew. People man. love that. You know oh, what yeah. though? But some, some of my guys tent, actually prefer, they yeah. prefer working in the winter because you know, you can always layer up in the summertime. You can, you can't, you can't go naked. It gets yeah, too hot yeah. to work sometimes. So unless in they're the really time, in private backyard. So <laughs> yeah. if you want to work setting. naked, you yeah. cannot yeah. go work for four yeah. season sunrooms. Unfortunately, no. No, we're not a nudist. This is uh, where this is where they draw the line. So hold on a sec. So how, can we uh, can we talk about Toronto's real estate market for a little bit I guess here? So. Absolutely, fine. Because if you're an investor, I mean, this all this sunroom stuff is really interesting and intriguing. But I mean. This is the Toronto real estate show. We got a real estate investor here. We got a, a realtor extraordinaire. And every once in a while, you know, we got some good topics to talk about. The real estate market's fucking insane right now. But like, do, do sunrooms sell better in an insane market or do they sell better when the market slows down? Do they sell better when there's a ton of inventory out there or when it's a super tight inventory? Like, in, in, in Toronto area, lack of product drives buyer mania, but there must be all kinds of people with all kinds of money sitting on the sidelines, not knowing what to do with their money. Like, are you getting a ton of extra business or is it slower because of this craziness? So, so I don't know if it's the market itself or if it's COVID, like as a result of why we're busier, but we've never been busier. So we have more increase than we've ever had. We're doing more projects than we've ever had. Uh, and more people are moving than they've ever moved before. Like I, you know, a few months ago, I think everybody was moving at some point. Is it like a lot of people are moving off. and adding a sunroom and they like they want to like add it. the sunroom before they move in. And it's like, sorry, we can't do it for a year and a half. Sorry. There's a bit of that. And so sometimes people delay, delay that. And like when we get settled in, then we'll consider doing this in the future. Um, or is it mainly people that are just already living in the house and are like, it's time. I don't want to move. I want more yeah. space. Typically, and I don't want the cost yeah. of moving. Real These government space. checks Land finally help tax. us afford the sunroom, Larry. This this should be a part of uh, the four season sales pitch, right? You bring like a spreadsheet. You put like you know, here's your real estate fees to sell. Here's your land transfer tax to sell. Here's the moving cost to yeah. sell. You're gonna have to paint. Sunroom. You're gonna have to do all the things to personalize the new home. It's the same cost as you just adding the square footage on well, the sunroom. Well, you're you don't right. Have to our typical addition is, is about a hundred grand. So, you know, you're talking about the cost of moving. I believe the average is like 200 K plus. So this definitely is a, a, a lot yeah. less expensive. You don't know who your neighbors about. are going to be the next yep. time you move. Yep. The neighbors yep. could be jerks. There's merit in improving versus moving for sure. Don't take any chances on your neighbors, build a sunroom. But I think what people have realized is they want to make their home as comfortable as possible. Wherever that home is, whether it's their current home or a future home, they want to make it theirs. They want to have, you know, uh, a comfortable space to live in something. And again, for, from our perspective, something that typically funnels the home with natural light or floods the home with, with, with natural light. So there's, yeah. there's yeah. like, we, we try to talk about the benefits of being outdoors, which we don't really have that luxury six months of the year because it's typically too cold. So a lot of people are missing 
vital nutrients, even like like from vitamin D vitamin and D, sunlight, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And and so Ooh, I, I believe our sun is COVID fighter. I it's, think so. It's, it's absolutely D depression, depression, anxiety, uh, for sure, loneliness, for sure. Wow. all that kind of stuff. For yeah, sure. look at that. Get lone. Now that actually makes sense. Sitting on that couch in the sun every single day for an hour, even in the winter, quality of life. In the Absolutely. winter, All when you around. can't go outside, what a the, the name of your company, point. right? Like Four Seasons Sunrooms, big company. You guys uh, have the franchise throughout where now? Like I don't know. Before when you so, first started, I remember there was a yeah. A so line, our landscape, but... yeah, our landscape changed a little bit, but we were originally located in Durham and Whitby uh, about six years ago now, or five years ago. We where our territory expanded to cover the GTA, so we cover pretty much all of southern uh, GTA. So from Keswick down to Mississauga, to Bowmanville, and everything yeah. in between. So the GTA, yeah. The, the, yeah. the GTA, York, Durham, Peel, Toronto. Those are the yeah. areas that you guys Pretty cover. much, yeah. Yep. And so Four what Seasons happened? Sunrooms. Sorry. Is it an American company? Yeah, so Four Seasons is an American manufacturer, uh, and you could say it's an international company. So we're one of 300-plus locations in 25 different countries. Yeah. So, they, so this is big. This is not just like company. some little small company right. that you guys figured this out in a shop on Dufferin. It's no, like, this is like it, a major are yeah, robots so, involved. There's robots, there robots involved somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Any automation or robots? So, so hold on a sec. So if blog TO is right, when they say Toronto's high risk housing market could be in for a rude awakening, does that like if they're right and this thing crashes and nobody's moving and everything goes to hell, what happens with sunrooms? People will Good be happy question. sitting in their sunroom. Is it booming? Their house, would be worth, it a... their house would be worth less than it was before, but they would be happy because right. the sunlight. Sunroom boom. There's it's the, the same title. thing as saying they're going to change their kitchen or they're going to change their flooring or they're going to change their garage doors. Uh, the, where the does it rank be... on the list of things to do? Like where does conservatory or sunroom rank? Where, you know, if you walk into a house and you're like, this is my list of things that I would love to have. Where does sunroom rank for most people? I think, again, that would be very individualistic in terms of what their priorities are and i'll tell you nobody needs a sunroom or a conservatory it's a want it's a it's a luxury item it's a, it's a nice to have but i'll tell you if people are considering changing their kitchens maybe the consideration of adding a sunroom or addition to that space can help them make their decisions around what they can do with their kitchen you know a lot of kitchens are stuck to the four walls that they're kind of built into where we have the opportunity now to change that footprint and change that landscape. So it gives them more opportunity, more options to change their, or make their dream kitchen possible. Here, here's so, a, here's so maybe a that's where the priority moves up a little bit. I'll give you a scenario right now, that house that you're in right now, the identical house is next door, same view, everything. Yep. 20 years from now. Okay. Now that sunroom's uh, 20 years old, the kitchen, the house, everything 20 years old, the next door neighbor lists their house for sale. And it's got a brand new kitchen, totally renovated, 2041 style, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. Which property listed for the same price, which property is the better buy? The one with the sunroom that's already installed, right? Or the one that has the brand new kitchen right next door with no sunroom? That's a good question. I, the I one wouldn't with have the sunroom. But are you sure? What about were that? the choices again? The sunroom the or a brand new kitchen, one, right? Yeah. 
Because you can always put in a brand new kitchen. You can always put in a brand new kitchen and change it. You got to wait two years to get that sunroom. But let's be real. Come on. What do you mean? This is coming from a Taekwondo loving male. Okay. Like, first of all, you're not making the decision. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And second of all, nobody cares what you think about this. What does your wife say? What does my My wife wife will take the kitchen? The kitchen. It's done. It's over. Look at that. Look at that. It's look at the beautiful. neighbor next door. It looks like look a at that slaughterhouse. Static neighbor next door with okay. those gigantic, those windows. beautiful windows. Okay. Forget about that guy. Okay. Yeah. The guy next to him, that guy's house sucks compared to this one completely. But yeah, it's a beautiful sunroom. That's amazing. Wow. This, this is a very it. there's no doubt that these things are beautiful, but if the choice 1.5, 1.5, and one has a rundown kitchen and a beautiful conservatory and the other one has a brand new kitchen it wouldn't definitely just jump to either but i would imagine that most women maybe that's not true look at that sunroom look at that look at that pitch i'm glad you changed the picture look at that yeah what's underneath it what's underneath so so let me give you some context there so this is a two-story extension two-story sunroom the basement the basement got extended the main dining or living area got extended There's a deck that's off the main living area, which is waterproof. So downstairs is completely covered and protected. So now you have basically you created four spaces with this extension. So there's the basement, the upstairs, the upstairs deck, and the lower deck. The lower deck is about that. Yeah. Look at that thing. That is amazing. (laughs) Holy smokes. So hold on a sec. What does it sound like? What does it sound like in the house when it rains? Um, kind of nice. It's actually, that's one of the coolest times to be in one of these glass rooms is when it's raining or really, really shitty outside. Does when it there's blizzards and storms. I mean, you'll hear it a bit because you're going to hear it on the glass, but it's actually quite a nice sound and quite a nice feeling. Yeah. My son, maybe they've changed the technology, but my sunroof is friggin' loud when it rains. So it sounds like you have a solid roof, kind of tin aluminum kind of roof panel potentially. I don't know. I got a, a sun, like a sun. What's it called? A skylight. Skylight. Mm. And it, it's friggin' loud, man, when it is, rains. Is it, the, is it the bubble? The bubble? Probably. It's hard to tell from down where I can see it, but it seems that like it would be. Uh, yeah, that might be the acrylic or the plastic nature of the bubble versus. Hard oh, glass. We lost them. No, yeah, we, yeah, there was a glitch oh. there. Or you're back. I'm back. All right. So, Daryl, what do you think about? real estate in Toronto and getting a sunroom. Like, look at this is, this house is in Whippy. Imagine it was in the Danforth, right? Holy. I, I, again, I think it's like, it's definitely a personal thing. It's definitely not for anybody, but like, wow. I know for a fact that if my wife could have something like that, like my wife dreams of having like a round kind of conservatory off the kitchen with like a round table to kind of sit and have breakfast and lunch in, you know, and even another kind of room just off of it. That's all glass to like grow garden, like vegetables and stuff like that and plants it. So I know we would definitely do this, you know, in a heartbeat if we had the space for it. You could do it off your kitchen at the new place that the bay window. Please. You have no idea how long this list of things to do is on this house. Not right away, but it would be it's possible. Ridiculous. They have a have week. 
This is typically what this, oh, this is typically what you'd find. Is well, that was a bad photo. So there was a newly renovated kitchen. The cellar rooms off the kitchen, which is like a living area. This was actually uh, it was one of our rooms, uh, but I found these real estate photos on a, on a listing when I was looking around, and I just I, I thought they were great. The listing talked highly about the sunroom, talked about the additional living space. Look at that. I believe this helped sell the home. For sure, um, that's like a family room off the kitchen. Yeah. Right. So you yeah. got like a sitting area that you can just like relax. Like that's where I would be all the time. Yeah. And in a market like this, like out of the 8,000 offers that every house is getting, like somebody's loving that sunroom and paying more for the house because of it, for sure. Yeah. If right? they know the cost of it, then it's like, oh, I don't want to wait two years. I want this right away. And then somebody yes, wants square it. For footage. Sure. So, so this is the reason I asked about Toronto is because in Durham, adding, I don't know what the average square footage of a, sunroom is 300 square feet oh is that fair to say Probably pretty big no 300 uh you could oh, say that. 150 what is 200? 200 i don't know okay so let's say 200 square feet adding 200 square feet onto a 3,000 square foot house isn't that significant but adding 200 square feet onto a 1200 or 1300 square foot house right like Makes you go a difference, yeah. with a semi and all yep. of a sudden you got 1200 square feet over two floors and you put on a 200 square foot addition out the back and you can basically put your whole kitchen in there. You could do oh. a family room that you didn't have. You could mm -hmm. have a lot of different things, an office space. What a great that. space to have had during the lockdowns though. Like, especially in the winter, like, man, that must've been nice to have something like that. Just to still feel like you're kind of outside more and all mm -hmm. that vitamin D and sunlight. Yep, but I, absolutely. But by, judging by the pictures you behind don't that do, you don't do a lot of urban houses no we, we we do it's just more challenging to build there's more regulation there's more chances of going to committee of adjustment when you're in the smaller uh, tighter neighborhoods in terms of the lot sizes so this is actually in the danforth so what's behind them is one of their okay. covered uh carports garage guy, space. and so so because we're in a row house you know you can't have glass on the sides because of fire code and ratings and those kind of things so Oh, it, it, it makes our life a little bit more difficult because we want to put more glass in, but we can't always do that. So we, you know, we have to follow the building code and the rules for that. So in this case, we have the whole front wall of glass and the entire ceiling of glass to allow that kitchen that we added on to not to get darker. Yeah, right. Sure. So a lot of people that add on to their home, typically they add off the kitchen or off the family room. And one of their biggest concerns is how dark is my kitchen going to get, you know, with the glass roof, that doesn't really happen which is why we try to encourage people to maybe build that kind of extension because of the benefits of that light. What is this? This is going down from the kitchen to an eating area and then around to a staircase to the basement. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Look at that. so that's th a fireplace in the middle. Yeah. So that, so that's a propane wow. fireplace. There. That flame has been superimposed. It's actually not that big. Um, oh. But uh, so they had an old walkout basement, which was one of those uh, old, you know, covered outdoor, just, walkout basements yeah and uh you know they always had water issues with the with the, with the basement leaking and the staircase causing issues so one of their goals was okay let's enclose this let's incorporate the staircase into mm. the room so we don't have to worry about that again Ooh. Well, that's so we solved we, we solved quite a lot of problems there and and originally when we applied for this we applied for a much bigger room and through the committee of adjustment process and in and you know come into an agreement with the neighbors we have to make some reductions to the size yeah, I think a town in in Toronto would have more objections from the neighbors than yeah, yeah. you know a, yeah. a, a detached house in North Whippy. Yep, right. Yeah. A little yeah. bit more. 
There's a Plus house that's here. probably like a 16 foot lot. Check this out. Probably. This would this this house here needed a sunroom a hundred million percent here. Let's get this designer renovated Scarborough home sells at 1.85 million list price. This thing would have gone for over two. Look how like this thing needs a sunroom. Look at this beautiful old house, right? And Beach Grove. Yeah. Look at that. Like, how oh, wow. badly does this thing need a sunroom? Look how much better this back portion would look with a sunroom. I'll tell you, it's very, it's not an easy place to put one, though. Oh, why? They made it very well. It looks like there's a lot of challenging roof lines. Just there's put it all over the whole pool. Indoor pool. That's a whole different ball game. Yeah, you guys you're right. Retractable. You guys have yeah. retractable pool covers. Um, we don't, we don't, there are, there are products out there that are retractable. You don't typically get, a, get into glass unless you're getting into motorized. And then that you're talking about, you know, probably half a million dollars starting point. So, um, there are things like that in the marketplace. We typically do a fixed glass ceiling and, uh, a pool enclosure might happen one, one every 10 years based on the size of them and the scale. Well, they said we couldn't do it, TK, but. This was an unbelievably interesting show about sunrooms. Well done, Absolutely. gentlemen. Good job. Absolutely. Thanks, Matt. Now, give us a shameless plug. So Where much. can people find you? Uh, well, you can find us at fourseasons-sunrooms.com, or if you just Google Four Seasons Sunrooms GTA, you'd find our Instagram links, uh, whatever social profiles we have. One of the coolest things, if I could just make a plug, we did a Life Room for Life giveaway last year. We wanted to give back to the healthcare workers through the whole uh, COVID pandemic. So we did a draw, we did like a nomination thing throughout the city and uh, we drew a winner and we just finished their project. That video is going up online as of, I think next week, the whole progression of what we built for them. And we're really excited that we got a chance to do that and uh, wanted to give something back to those people. Awesome. awesome. That's Congratulations amazing. Congratulations on that. That's amazing. I think your first podcast was a success and <laughs> I'm sure that all the big media outlets will be calling you now because oh, I can't of wait. You, know, you being on the Toronto real estate show. That's right. We got a, we got a great referral program. So thank you for whatever referrals we get out of this. Just mention uh, Toronto real estate show at checkout for a 10% discount. That's right. That's, That's right. right. That's right. Awesome. Right after he jacks it up 20%. 11. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. Always. All right, Matt. Okay. I appreciate it. No, thank you guys very much. It was a pleasure. Enjoy the, enjoy awesome. the rest of your Sunday. You Thank got it. You. Thanks, guys. Bye. New on Curiosity Stream, uncover engineering secrets from history's greatest masters. From the mysteries of the first man-made waterways to the building techniques of the early Americas, it's ancient engineering. Plus, 40 tons of trucks speeding down the interstate can be a recipe for disaster. See how today's smarter new age big rigs pave the way for safer highways on high-tech trucks. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.